0: Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse I'm Jesse And I'm Josh And this is a
1: podcast helping you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices
0: absolutely and today we have another controversial topic we're gonna talk about (laughs) we
1: love the controversy actually we hate it it gives you like chronic anxiety hey josh it's great i actually do yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because like when we talk sometimes like things we talk about some of the like extreme stuff you know how like when friends get together and they talk about like you know the the real issues, but like when it comes to translating that to podcasting, it's like, ooh, do we actually want to do that?
0: <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Yeah. And mm. then there's some episodes that we put out and I'm sitting there like shaking on Wednesday morning when it comes out <laughs> messaging the Burn the Haystack team. Like, guys, are we going to get, am I going to get fired for this? And everyone's like, no, Josh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. This is
1: what I have to deal with, people. I'm (laughs) I'm the worst. No, but I think this is is good. I think it's good that we're talking about this now because we've just come off a few weeks talking about women in ministry, uh, new and different expressions of uh, Christianity in the Kanye West episode and also last week's episode. Um, But also, we talked to Chantel Smith uh, a few weeks ago now, which by the way, has been like an incredibly popular episode for us. It's by far our most downloaded episode of all time, which is just insane. Um, Hmm. And we had a bit of a hack um, a week after that um, talking about women in ministry. So I think it's a sort of a natural progression for us to talk about what we're talking about today, which is, of course, um, the controversy, which is not recent of the publishing of this episode. But as of recording this episode, I think this is about two weeks, three weeks ago. um, John MacArthur, who is a um, prominent, I suppose, pastor and quote-unquote theologian. um, I say quote-unquote because I find some of (laughs) his... That is savage to call
0: him a quote-unquote theologian. I love it.
1: I I find some of his academic... his academic authority to be questionable, so that's that's just. I would me. agree.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna f- f- like. I'm not gonna defend him at all.
1: No. <laughs> so he made he was he was at some conference somewhere, some convention that he was guest speaking at, and um, he was at a and A panel, and he said some comments about prominent uh, evangelical pastor and preacher Beth Moore, which caused a bit of a stir in the greater Christian world, which goes to show. And this is kind of a sad, happy thing for us as Adventists. We're not the only ones that have issues with women in ministry.
0: <laughs> like, we're <laughs> yes. not
1: the only people that haven't figured this stuff out.
0: Well, yeah, it's uh, it's actually pretty popular, particularly in like really fundamental um, sort of denominations and movements and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's definitely not us. I would say, though, um, Adventists, there are some Adventists who have a pretty unique S- unique swing on it, though, like just the way they, um, the way they piece together their argument for it. I would say because they'll start using random Ellen White stuff, and yeah. So obviously that that stuff is a bit more niche, but anyway, it's a yeah. side topic.
1: So that's that's a snapshot of what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, before we do that, it's
2: the Gregor of the Week. Post-lopper.
1: I I feel like every time you do that It's it's going
0: to become Decreasingly verbose
3: As we go along
0: (laughs) Yep My goal is that every every week It becomes less easy to understand So only the in in, in crowd Understands what I'm saying (laughs) Alright and today's question Comes to us from Ramjo95 on Instagram Who has asked us What superhero would you be? And I'm going to make a rule That it cannot be Superman Because Okay It's just OP You know
1: Yeah Yeah Yeah, I agree I agree He's kind of like the superhero That has everything All combined You know Invincibility
0: Super strength Flying And I think that's why Video games with Superman Are pretty fun Movies about Superman Pretty boring Yeah (laughs) Okay, no The original ones were okay Because that's when Superhero movies Were pretty new But nowadays we, We like to see weakness You know Yes, And it's like, oh, the Kryptonite got him again. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's not very exciting when he is invincible in every situation, except when there's like a green glowing rock. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the Smallville TV series where they had all these different kinds of Kryptonite, which got pretty wacky and out of hand. Because <laughs> there was like red Kryptonite that turns him crazy. Oh. And then, oh, I can't remember. There was white Kryptonite and black Kryptonite. Maybe even a blue kryptonite. And they all did different things to him. I don't know. It, was, you, it got really wacky. Were you an avid uh, Smallville fan back in the day? It, it's funny. I was. I watched nine of the 10 seasons, but the 10th season took so long to come out, I had moved on. So I, I've <laughs> technically never finished the show, even though I loved it. And I've watched, I think I've watched the first nine seasons twice, but I just never watched the last season. I really, I really should do it, but I wouldn't even be able to remember what happened now. That's insane. So. That is insane. It is um, kind of depressing looking back at how much time I wasted, but maybe mum yeah. used to sit there and watch it. We had good times. Anyway, oh, it's always good when you're doing it with somebody that you love. But yeah. anyway,
1: yeah. Um, okay, so what superhero would I be if I could be a superhero? Um, I think it's pretty easy for me. Uh probably a bit boring as well. I would be Thor. Thor is just the best. I love uh, Thor. Yeah. He's yeah, he's just is. he's he's like he's this Norse warrior, he's the god of thunder. He's he's a wise kraken. Uh, Especially like, I think this is partly because my favorite Marvel film is um, Thor Ragnarok. Um, I'm just such a huge Taika Waititi fan and um, Hmm. what he did with Thor, um, which I'll be honest, the first two Thor movies in the uh, Thor sort of series, I wasn't like
0: they were okay, but they weren't outstanding for me. Um, which is funny, I actually really liked the first Thor movie. That was my favourite Marvel movie for a while. Oh there you go. Despite popular opinion. The second one though, universally crap. But Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, after that, um I the, the Thor Ragnarok really brought Thor to a place where now everybody loves him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's true. I, I just yeah. And what what they do with Thor in um Infinity War is, is is pretty I think it's pretty badass. I think it's I think it's pretty bomb. I think it's pretty good.
0: Oh, and Th- Thor in Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like
1: that's like the Best reality Thor. Thor. <laughs> <That's> yeah, like- <laughs> it's like Instagram it- reality Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um,
3: all right, Yeah. What about okay.
0: You? uh oh, man. There's a lot of superheroes that I really like. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've always really, I've always really liked Spider-Man because this the idea of like he can't fly, but just swinging like that. I've always thought was really cool, and he's not. He's not super OP or anything, like he's not super overpowered, but he's just sort of more powerful than average and he's just got some cool quirks to him. Mm. But I hate spiders, so I feel like <laughs> I can't really go down that route, you know, of being Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can you see my like, can you yeah. see my dilemma there? Yeah, it is a dilemma. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know what else. Um Yeah. No, I mean yeah. Spider Man
1: is cool. I think Spider Man is statistically the most popular superhero of all time. I believe, um,
0: probably. Yeah, probably. He sort of had a head start in the mainstream world on the other superheroes, though.
1: Yeah, that's right. I would that's say either
0: right. Spider Man or Batman. I'm not sure. Okay. Very, very interesting. Very different choices. Well, yeah. Well, as in, as in, for the most popular. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be Batman because to be Batman, your parents have to die. Yeah. You yep. can't be Batman without like immense sorrow. Mm, that's and that's I a don't good want point. That life. So like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean,
1: on the other hand, you are a billionaire. In well, yeah, but you can be Iron
0: Man and be a billionaire yeah, with true. no consequences. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think both of Tony Stark's parents uh, died early on. In some ways, Iron Man, I I suppose is. Batman, just kind of like a more sarcastic, wisecracking Batman, because he doesn't have any superpowers. He, like Batman, is a billionaire, genius inventor, and you know, detective. Probably not the detective part, um, but no. in some ways, Iron Man is literally just Batman in the Marvel well, universe.
0: Yeah, in the um, so there was a while when the comic book world was crashing, and it was all basically looking like it was going to come to an end. And so in an act of desperation, Marvel and DC released a series of combined universe comics in which they made these superheroes that were like a mix. So Batman and Iron Man became one superhero. It was like the Iron Bat. (gasps) Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, and there are a bunch of other ones. I think... I'm trying to remember who the other ones were. But anyway, so they did all of these cool, like, crossover heroes. So it's worth looking into. That was... Yeah, it was in the like the, it's in the time when comics were the worst when when they did this desperate <laughs> act of what everybody would want forever and then now comics are back on the rise again. Yeah. No, with, it's cool. With the cinematic universe and that sort yeah. of stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, so Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still going to say I'd like to be Spider-Man. Okay. Um quick very quickly, I'm giant to know. Toby Maguire or Tom Holland. Andrew Garfield. No, I'm g- Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but a horrible Peter Parker. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know. I think Tom Holland is just the best Spider-Man, okay. which is sad, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's... Yeah. Toby Maguire was fun though. He's got definitely more memes.
1: Yes. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Which I think is... It's kind of like movies in the early 2000s kind of ended up that way as... The ones that weren't that great, like I think particularly the Star Wars prequel trilogies, everybody kind of universally hated at the time, but now they've brought on a new life of their own. And I think in the same way, especially like Spider-Man 3 has as as well. <laughs> okay.
0: No. People meme the prequels because in a way they were good. People meme Spider-Man 3 because it was horrible. <laughs> the first two Spider-Mans though, amazing. Absolutely amazing films. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, we could talk about this for hours. And maybe we should in another podcast. But today, <laughs> we've got to talk about um somebody who's not a hero. <laughs> the villain. We're talking about a villain. <laughs> We're talking about a villain. No, I can I can't really say John MacArthur is a villain because at the end of the day, he has uh, he has helped a lot of people I assume he's helped a lot of people to get closer to God and you read the Bible. and You know what I mean? So, I'm yeah. sure I'm, I'm positive God's used him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but all right. So let's set up this uh, for those people who aren't in the loop about what's happening. Um, as we said in the intro, he was at a conference. He's a he's an he's an evangelical Southern Baptist convention um, pastor and quote unquote theologian. And I mean, he is quite. He's very popular, especially amongst the Reformed crowd. He's you know best buddies with guys like. Um, Uh, Todd Friel um, and John Piper and I think previously guys like Mark Driscoll, maybe not so much anymore because of the controversy. I'm not really sure. Um, But he's definitely in the reform camp. Um, He is very outspoken. He has very publicly um, been opinionated about various um, Christian leaders over the years. He has... Um, yeah, very, very publicly denounced a number of leaders, organizations, um, streams of thought, including the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, I should note, but the particular controversy that he found himself in recently involved evangelical and uh, leader, um, pastor, Bible teacher Beth Moore. Um, who, I'll be honest, I'm not the hugest fan of Beth Moore. I don't hate her, but I'm just not the biggest. I'm not. You know, I don't oh, really? follow her super super crazily.
0: Are you? Oh, more? I oh, no, I, I love her stuff. Ever since right. I, I first saw her at a Hillsong conference, and um, yeah, I just found her amazing. So my mum and cool. I used to. My mum's got all these like study books of hers and stuff. We've gone through. I think she's incredible. Cool. Yeah, I've right. loved her stuff for ages. So I was very surprised when all this popped up. I shouldn't have been, but it caught me really off guard. Right. Right. Um, so I guess instead of uh,
1: instead of just like explaining what happened in the clip, we're just going to play the clip for you so you can hear what was said, who said what, and then we'll do some commentary on it. So here's the clip. Um, have a listen.
0: DJ Jesse, hit the tape.
3: For your stretches, I will say a word, and then the three of you need to give a one or a pithy response to the word. Are you I feel
2: ready? feel like I'm being set up. <laughs>
3: That isn't always the case with Todd. Watch out for him. He
2: will try to embarrass you. We're
3: going to start out, this is is just kind of touching your toes. Easy, easy setup for you. Let's begin with an easy one. The word is Beth Moore. That's two words. (laughs) Literalist.
2: All right. Dr. MacArthur, Beth Moore. How many words do I get? You know actually
3: and, and before you answer this please think carefully this time because last time you did a one-word association yeah, the no, guy wrote a book a about trouble, it and no, we don't no. want that i was thinking of the
2: same word okay go home <laughs>
3: well i i see we're warmed up
2: <laughs> i dilly dally um. There is no case that can be made biblically for a woman preacher period paragraph end of discussion so let me see if i can
3: get a clarification on that got one
2: phil anything dad no I, the word that comes to my mind is narcissistic I, I think the first time i saw her i thought she she is this is a going back to the last session of what mike said This is what it looks like to preach yourself rather than Christ.
3: All right. In uh, fact, she has said that. She
2: said, I read the Bible, and I try to find myself in the narrative. I put myself in the narrative. And that that is exactly what she does.
3: And this, by the way, uh, Bodhi Bakum was supposed to be here, but I'll just uh, let you know he's he's not here because he's weak, is what it is. He's weak, (laughs) and he wanted to rest. So, Mike... And by the way, dude, you killed it. That sermon was dumbass.
2: Ben I heard John MacArthur say period, paragraph, end of story.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more, and then we will get into our video clips.
2: I would just add one thing. Um, (laughs) Just because you have the skill... To sell jewelry on the TV sales channel doesn't mean you should be preaching. There are people who have certain hawking skills, um, natural abilities to sell. They have energy and personality and all of that. Um, That doesn't qualify you to preach. Dr. McCarthy. We've done this a number of times,
3: and I've asked you a number of questions on pretty broad-ranging issues. I'm perceiving this is actually troubling you.
2: Profoundly troubles me because I think the church is caving in to women preachers. Um, Just the other day, the same thing happened with Paula White. A whole bunch of leading evangelicals endorsed her new book. She's a heretic and a prosperity preacher, three times married and what what are they thinking Um, the me too movement again is the culture reclaiming ground in the church when the leaders of evangelicalism roll over for women preachers the feminists have really won the battle Um, the primary the the primary the primary effort in feminism is not equality it's not they don't want equality that's why 99 percent of plumbers are men. They don't want equal power to be a plumber. They want to be senators, preachers, congressmen, president, the power structure in a university. They want power, not equality. Um, And this is is the highest location they can ascend to that power in the evangelical church and overturn what is clearly scriptural. So I, I think this is feminism gone to church. This is why we can't let the culture exegete the Bible. And I need to add a footnote. When the Southern Baptists met in June, and they passed Resolution 9, and they said intersectionality and critical theory are useful tools in interpreting the Bible, that was a watershed moment for that entire movement. Because if the culture has the right to interpret the Bible, they will interpret the Bible, and liberalism will take over. This is an evidence that they are allowing the culture to interpret the scripture. A couple weeks after that, there was a panel discussion of Southern Baptist leaders who said there should never be another translation committee without a Latino, an African American, and a woman on it. Translation of the Bible? How about somebody who knows Greek and Hebrew? So, I mean, this this is not a minor issue when you literally overturn the clear teaching of Scripture uh, to empower people who want power, uh, you, you have given up biblical authority. This is not a small issue.
3: People would say, no, that it's, it's it's not our intention specifically after the convention of the Southern Baptist Convention. This is not about egalitarianism. This is maybe perhaps a soft complementarianism First of all, is there such a thing as soft complementarianism?
2: Well, I, don't, I don't know about terms. I just know women are not allowed to preach. All right. <laughs>
1: all right. So that's what was said at the um, at the, the conference that John MacArthur was at. Um, as you heard from the clip, it was fairly, I would say, off the cuff. You know, I, I'm not sure, like, who who's to say? Whether you know they were fed these questions beforehand, or whether he just sprung them on the on the panel, um, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. What I do know though is that John MacArthur and um, this other guy, um, Pastor Phil Johnson, um, who was the other guy on the panel, um, they were fairly adamant and fairly like it was. There was no sort of humble. Oh, this is what I think. They were like pretty adamant about. What they were what they said, like they were standing behind their words. Um, which is perhaps why this came off as so shocking. Um, though if you know John MacArthur, you know that the the guy is is wont to say fairly out of out of the blue um, fairly aggressive statements like this like he makes these
0: big claims. Yeah, it's almost kind of... And again, I'm not into politics or anything, but it's almost kind of like Trump. You know, Mm. like he knows who his crowd is, so he'll just say these like big, bold, super harsh statements because he knows that his crowd will be with him on it. It's almost that same sort of mindset, you know, that same sort of um, approach. It's
1: like Uh, very short, tweetable um, statements.
0: Yeah. I wonder though, I wonder if John... I wonder, like, if John knew this was being filmed, if he would have said the same stuff as harshly, mm-hmm. because you know, I don't know. Sometimes you get into like the conference moment, you know, like for example, like when we are were a digital discipleship, we sort of crack jokes, that sort of thing. Like when we were hosting, um, we cracked some jokes and that kind of thing. But maybe if people had taken those exact jokes and then just filmed that part for three minutes and shown it without the rest of the context maybe people would have been like wow those guys are total idiots but in context well no we are but in context it would have made more sense <laughs> um, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah yeah so i don't know maybe but maybe yeah it's hard know. to know it seems it seems like they're all pretty like haha yes this is us this is what we really think we're re- we're relaxed and this is the tr- the true us well that's I, I mean
1: if that's the case then that leads into a whole other discussion about transparency and you know you're playing to yeah politicking essentially because as you said it did sound like ah uh, it did kind of sound like and look like a Trump rally in a way you know like <laughs> here's MacArthur and here's Johnson throwing out these short pithy statements and the crowd is like lapping it up and they're laughing and they're clapping and they're it's like this is us all together. Yeah, we're all on board with what you're saying. Yet we're all, you know, super into and agree in agreement with your statements and all that sort of stuff. And you get the feeling that if there's anybody in the room that doesn't agree with what they're saying, they're not saying they're not going to say that. They're, they're just going to shut up and just let everybody else kind of coast along.
0: Yeah. 'Cause even the even the part where he's like says says go home and all the crowd's like, Oh ha 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 was like, Oh, yeah. that was harsh, but I agree with you. It was pretty funny. <laughs> ha, ha ha ha. But pretty harsh, but ha ha ha. Glad I didn't say it, but I definitely agree. You know, like Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like What oh just I like this is a Christian conference. It's disgusting. I don't
1: know, in my opinion. It is. It is. Yeah. Um and if you know Todd Friel, the guy who is um uh, officiating this whole thing, he has this YouTube and I think he has this radio, wretched radio um, uh, program. Where I've, I've watched a few of his videos in the past because the guy is really dynamic and the guy is really quite in your face. And I know there's there's a certain appeal to that, but it got to the point where it was just like, man. They are spending all their time calling out this Christian leader as a heretic, and this is a false teacher, and this is a false doctrine, and you got to be careful about this. And it just gets so tiring after a while, you know?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. For me, I, I'm, I've never, I've never felt like it's the Christian, like in following Jesus, it, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do to just single someone out and call them out when they're. Trying to do the best with their the conviction they have, yeah. You know what I mean? It just feels it just feels weird. How do you arrive at that sort of point where you think that that's that's what I'm here to do? I'm here to mm. shut down somebody who is different to me. <laughs> I win. <laughs> yeah, they're not here, so I'm going to talk as much garbage about them as I can. Yeah, that's very biblical. He's definitely read James. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm no, like really- real riled up about this. It's hard to not be. Yeah, yeah yeah frustrated
1: yeah. no I mean it's it's so true I mean it's like if somebody it, it's like if we were if we were hosting digital discipleship conference and we just started railing on somebody who wasn't in the room like we started railing on some other conference president or some other you know prominent <laughs> leader you know
0: like we have some game and it's like all right say something in three words F- first topic Ryan Becker <laughs> <laughs> go home Ryan no. Becker <laughs> You know, it's like... We love you, Ryan. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) But it's like...
1: It's like, what... Number one, do you expect that that is never going to get back to Beth Moore? Like, did they actually legitimately think that this was going to stay in the room? In a crowd of, I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, people. Did they really expect that Beth Moore was never going to hear about this? Or that other people were never going to hear about this. Like as a, you know, as a as a as a pastor and as somebody with authority and influence, you would think that you would be a bit more careful with with your words. But maybe again as you said, all they cared about in that moment was appealing to their constituency for lack of a better term, you know, like it that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah. I'm sure um, they would have known that this would have gotten to Beth Moore. Surely, I don't know. it surely. feels very. When you've got a platform like that, ah, feels maybe ah, maybe feels they just so don't horrible.
1: care. Maybe, they probably just don't care. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Simply, simply put.
0: Well, well, they probably feel feel like they're on their throne. They're they're doing what's correct. They're doing what what's biblical or whatever, and not yeah. saying okay. And I, <laughs> I'm just I'm realizing how that comes across. It's not that I'm disrespecting what is biblical. But they feel like their stance is the only stance, the only true stance. And so, they're sitting on their chairs, throwing their spears, throwing their rocks or whatever. And they feel like they're they're the kings. Nobody can do.
1: Well, I think we have to be very careful when we say such and such is biblical or such and such isn't biblical. Because as soon as you start to use that language, it's like when we talked about, you know, how saying, what does the Bible say isn't enough. Because once you start saying, well... Um, Once once you start saying things like what he said, which is there is no biblical case that you can make for a woman preacher, full stop. Like he is saying (laughs) the case is closed on this issue. Like that's what he is saying. He's saying that there is no other interpretation that is valid apart from the interpretation that I am offering. And any protest is going against the Bible and it's going against God. That's, in my book, that's verging on spiritual abuse. In fact, it may mm. be going past spiritual, like, verging on and going, like, into full-on spiritual abuse. I'm not sure, but that's just what it comes off to me. Um, but I think we should probably, like, spend some time to directly addressing his argument. Um, so he says, Beth Moore, go home. And then he goes into this discussion about how what she wants is power and she wants, you know, authority and, you know, women preachers. So, there's there's two sides to it that he addresses. He addresses Beth more the person, as this female who is um, going into an unbiblical stance of women in ministry, women in leadership, women preaching, and how that's unbiblical and how she is just essentially trying to fleece the flock for her own personal benefit because she has the gift of speaking or she has the gift of communication and how... And he says, which I think is very ironic which is just just because you have the gift of speaking doesn't mean you should be a pastor. I find that ironic coming from somebody who clearly has the gift of speaking and who is abusing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then he also um, does a shout out to the Southern Baptist Convention who have tried to be more inclusive in allowing women to speak at their um, major national conventions. Um, and so he, he's saying on the one hand, we have... A woman, woman preacher, and Beth Moore, I'm sure if he had more time, he would go into talking about all the other women preachers out there, Christine Kane or Joyce Meyer or whoever the flavor of the month is, about how unbiblical that is. So she's kind of copying the flack for this entire thing. But then he's saying that the Southern Baptist Convention particularly, and I suppose you could say the greater Christian world is... is, is uh, surrendering biblical authority by doing these things which are, again, unbiblical. And what he means by unbiblical is interpreting Scripture in a way that I don't interpret it. So, that is the that is the flow of his argument. Is there anything that I've missed there, Josh?
0: No. Nah, no, I think... I mean, he goes into that whole thing about um, letting culture interpret yeah. the Bible. Yep. Which I... <sighs> yeah I would I would like to talk about that, so maybe we can talk about that after we'll talk about the first few things.
1: Sure. yep, no, very much so. Um, well, I think it's I think it's interesting. um he he attacks more um, uh, quite personally and and uh, Phil Johnson, the other guy on the panel, he calls her a narcissist. um i'm not I'm not sure where that comes from, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither.
0: she's I, if you've ever heard her speak she is one of the most like there is like humility is just oozing from her when she <laughs> yeah. speaks narcissism is literally the last thing i would think about when i've yeah. heard her speak now i've never heard a john M- macarthur sermon so i don't i don't know i can't talk against what his preaching is is like but it just feels weird i mean Pa- pastors and narcissism they there is a lot of issues with yeah. narcissism and and preachers i guess it's very hard to that's another another thing to to work with but so i mean it it's almost easy to call out any preacher and call them narcissistic cuz they're getting up there and yeah do you know what i mean just the fact that
1: you are getting up on the platform and saying thus saith the lord kind of yeah is almost a narcissistic act in and of itself
0: yeah like yeah i mean the pastors I know who get up and preach, there's heaps of humility. It's not about me. It's not. It's all about Jesus. All that kind of thing. I'm just oh, yeah. trying to do something that I really believe will help people today. It's not really about us. But you could easily misinterpret a preacher and call them an, a narcissist because they're getting up there and talking for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I, it just yeah. seems ridiculous. I think. Ha-
1: I think. Look, my personal opinion is that I think. There's a lot of projection going on here. Um, you know, we talked, we talked, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about power structures and institutional power and um, the desire for institutional power to solidify its power and to uh, go on the offensive to anything and anyone that threatens that power. In some ways, I see that happening here. I see the rise of female preachers, which is a um, a phenomenon that we haven't seen, at least in the Western world, for centuries. You know, there have been virtually no prominent female pastors, preachers in the Western world, apart from the anomalies, Ellen White being one of them. And even then, we have issues with that in the Seventh-day Adventist tradition. And that's not to say there haven't been female pastors, there haven't been female preachers, there have been, but for the most part, the Western world... The last three, four hundred years, I'm thinking like post-reformation has been dominated by men. Um, and I see that now as we have a more egalitarian world and the church is becoming more egalitarian, especially greater evangelicism. I'm seeing that maybe um, for people like MacArthur and Johnson, mm. that's a threat. That's a threat to their power. It's a threat to their authority. And I think partly what they're misinterpreting is a threat to their authority as a threat against the Bible and the authority of Scripture and the authority of their tradition. Because the reality is we can interpret the Bible um, to elevate women, but we can also interpret the Bible to denigrate women. It's our choice. We have that choice of interpretation. And the choice that MacArthur has made, I think, is to denigrate women in the calling of complementarianism, you know? And I think that what is happening here is that these power structures, which have thrived off the church being a boys' club, are starting to react violently and negatively to the changing world that we're in, where suddenly people are saying, no, we can have a more, not a completely, but a more complementarian view of um, spiritual gifting of pastoral leadership of the gift of preaching and the gift of teaching and we can actually allow more room on the table for women who have previously not had this opportunity but have had the gift to be able to use that gift to bless the church and to build the kingdom and so i think people like uh, macarthur and johnson are seeing that as a threat To their power and to their authority. That's that's just my opinion, though. So, yeah, Mm.
0: yeah. Well, you're entitled to your own opinion. (laughs) Thanks, man. Appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I I I don't know. That could be true, but I I don't know if I don't know someone, it's hard for me to say that it could even be projection because I have no idea what these people's lives are like. Is where where I think about them but it it is interesting. I have heard people before talk about the idea of women in ministry as as threatening because it's almost like a, they're taking our jobs kind of thing, yeah, <laughs> um, which for me i I, I cannot I, yeah, I find that really confusing because you know Jesus talks about how like the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, so mm. don't we need as many workers as we can get, isn't? <laughs> yeah, now we're I, I, yeah, I, I, we're, we're we're cutting our possibility of workers down by fifty percent. Mm. For me, mm. seems just like a strange approach. But I'm not gonna. If that's their conviction, that's their conviction. I just think the way they've gone about this is totally wrong. Yeah, and yeah, grotesque, a little bit. You know, to well, hear this at a at a Christian conference. Yeah, and With I all these wonder... people cheering and laughing.
1: It just well, that's not right it's not christ-like that's for sure um and and i do wonder how history is going to treat john MacArthur, um whether he will be remembered as a hero of the faith or whether he'll be remembered as that guy who said to beth moore go home you know i do wonder (laughs) about that um but yeah you had a um you said before you wanted to talk about what was the other thing that you wanted to talk about with culture um, Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah,
0: because they were saying, and I've heard this in Adventist circles too. So, but it's it's this idea of we shouldn't let culture interpret the Bible, which is true, in a way, but the whole idea of exegesis is to make the principles and the ideas of the Bible relevant to our culture. So the only way to truly even understand the Bible is through the lens of your culture you have to understand mm. your culture you have to understand the bible culture yeah and then understand how god is speaking into that culture then how it is into speaking into your culture so i find that completely ridiculous at the same. i mean i get what they're trying to say but i think it's actually quite misguided because yeah. the reality is w- culture is always going to affect how you read the Bible. The world you live in is always going to affect how you read the Bible. You can either embrace that or try and run away from it. But if you try and run away from it, you run into this interesting um, interesting thing called the the plain reading of Scripture, ah, which we hear a lot of, which yeah. is very much based on, on that episode we did about what yeah. the Bible says. But the the plain reading of Scripture is when, and it's very much what John MacArthur does, it's very much what I've heard a lot of um, Adventist pastors do as well When it says I only want to read the scripture And the scripture will speak for itself I don't need any context I don't need anything This is going to dictate how I live my life I admire how high they hold hold the Bible When they do that mm. And I, I really respect that uh, I just don't believe that's how the Bible should be read. I believe the Bible should be read through the lens of what they were trying to say to the original audience and then it should be interpreted to our culture. Yep. And that's going to constantly kind of bend and change a little bit. It doesn't weaken scripture. In my experience, it's actually strengthened it. Uh so I think, yeah, that is something to, to just be wary of. Maybe a haystack that needs to be burned. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exegesis is only half of it. You know, you have to have a relevant hermeneutic and the her- the hermeneutic that you have um, is always going to change depending on what culture you're in. That's just, yeah, as you
0: said, inevitable. I, I am inevitable. I mean, oh, all this superhero talk today. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so... But one, one thing I, I think we really... Well, we've talked about and we want to highlight a lot is Beth Moore's response.
1: Yes, because this so, is, I think, the redeeming part of the story in a way. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, like the redemption arc of the story where it's like, you know, out of a horrible situation, a beautiful ending for the story in a way. At least I, I see it as a, the ending for this story. John MacArthur might come back again in The Empire Strikes Back or whatever to, to, you know, to strike back. But I think, for me, this is a beautiful way to sort of end, end this discussion. But yeah, if you want to... Um, do you want to just read out sort of her response,
0: Josh? Oh, uh, I thought you had it on you. Sorry, I oh. can get it. Yep, I've got it. All right. Okay, cool. So Beth Moore took to Twitter as you do when you've been publicly attacked um, Beth Moore writes I did not surrender to a calling of man when I was 18 years old which is when she decided to get into ministry and teach the Bible was when she was 18 which is amazing that an 18 year old would decide that but anyway, yeah, yeah, I surrendered to a calling of God it never occurs to me for a second to not fulfill it I will follow Jesus and Jesus alone all the way home <laughs> And (laughs) I will see his beautiful face and proclaim worthy is the lamb. Uh. And then in a follow-up tweet, she said, here's the beautiful thing about it. And I mean this with absolute respect. You don't have to let me serve you. That gets to to be your choice. Whether or not I serve Jesus is not up to you. Whether I serve you certainly is. One way or the other, I esteem you as my sibling of Christ, a sibling in Christ. So good. Just, I don't know. If I look at who says what in this, just based on not knowing anything about them, <laughs> I, I know which one has already gained more respect in my books. Yeah, bro. The go home guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> like
1: the difference is so, 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 it's just like night and day, isn't it? It's like on the one hand you have the vitriol and you have just the snarkiness and on the other hand, it's like this humble, um, outpouring. Jesus is the one who is to be glorified and I just want to serve him. I don't know. Like, it just makes me feel like all soppy, like a, you know, whatever, like a hippie. But it's like so, I don't know. It seems so clear to me.
0: Yeah. I I just, uh, from, and it's it's the exact kind of, I mean, when I've heard her speak, when I've read stuff she's written... It's exactly the Beth Moore tone. It's a very con- it's very consistent with her tone when she preaches when she writes. That's the kind of thing that I've I've seen from her, and so I'm not surprised that her her tweet in response to this still is is just as consistent with yeah. everything else she said. And I yeah. just I applaud that so much. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I. Uh, you know, I'm fine with somebody if they if somebody is really convicted that they don't think women should preach based on their reading of the Bible and their understanding of the Bible. That's that's fine. Like John MacArthur can do that. You know, he's he's fine too. Anybody can can do that as long as they've done it with you know the best of their ability to actually understand the Scripture. But it's it's more the the tone that he came across, mm. and yeah, that that's I think what we have to be so careful of. And I don't know. Maybe we haven't even done that well in this episode. Maybe we've talked down John Macarthur too much. But maybe, it's, yeah, it's just I'm I'm hurt by it, I guess. And maybe I I need to mature a bit more in my my responses to when I'm when I'm hurt yeah. by what somebody else says to somebody I really respect.
1: Yeah, and we should say that the purpose of this episode is not to denigrate John Macarthur as a person. Certainly, he doesn't care, and he's probably never going to listen to this podcast episode anyway. Because why would he? I um, would
0: be very that would be a very surprising outcome if John MacArthur <laughs> ever listened to this. If you're listening, John, hello. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, it, it, to me, I think it's important that we that we talk about this because I think it's a good example of. Um, a Christ-like way of being and a biblical way of being because this is I mean this this deserves its own episode but is the idea wait, is of being
0: Christ-like not being biblical?
1: No no they they're both valid but there's a distinction between the two. So you can be Christ-like and biblical, but it is possible to be biblical but not Christ-like. What I mean by that is, the thing that John MacArthur is upholding, he talks about the authority of Scripture and he talks about the Bible and, and all that sort of stuff, and all that is very important, but I think what he and many other people forget is that when you're talking about the Bible, you have to do it in a Christ-like way, especially when you're talking about it as it relates to other people, and that's what Beth Moore does. He, she responds with grace, and she responds with love, and she responds by turning the other cheek, especially. and. That's all living in the way of Christ. One of the things that frustrates me is when Christians talk about Bible things and holy things and scriptural things and God things, but they talk about it in a way that is completely unlike the way that Christ would do it, you know, um, because I believe that the Bible is um, God's word to us. I do believe that. But I also think that we are called to follow jesus not followed the bible and that jesus's way of being in the world is the way that we should be as well we should model our lives after jesus and his heart and that sitting around being untransformed and again this is not a value judgment on john macarthur um maybe he is transformed and being conformed to the image of the sun and all that sort of thing but i believe that that is so important and i believe that when we do that that shows up in more grace, more love, more forgiveness, more, you know, all this sort of stuff, which, you know, Paul talks about as the fruit of the Spirit. Um, So to me, the thing that really frustrates me is when you have a whole bunch of people in a church and especially church leaders who know a lot about the Bible, but they don't actually practice what they preach. And that's, I suppose, my contention with this whole thing. I don't see that in this... In this microcosm, in this moment. And again, this is not a value judgment against John MacArthur because we're judging him based on a few moments, a few minutes of his life. Um, Yeah. But in the same way, we're also uh, comparing a few moments of John MacArthur speaking to a few moments of Beth Moore typing out a tweet. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess for me, though, I've seen a lot more of Beth Moore. So, I'm saying, like, that's consistent. So, I haven't seen as much of John MacArthur. So, I can't yeah. say if he's always like this. I um, don't know. But I've, from I, what I've read around this, it seems yeah. like he is like this a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've listened and watched to a few of his sermons. I've never read any of his books. But I've I've watched some of his sermons. He's consistent. This is who he is. Right. Yeah. Um, I should also... We should also note... Um, that this is not an isolated event because the rest of the Christian world did um, take note of what was said. And there's been a bit of back and forth. Um, I'd like to just highlight one or two of them. Um, Kay Warren, Rick Warren's wife, um, tweeted back to Beth Moore saying, "'You are a class act. "'You're a faithful witness of how to be clay "'in the potter's hands, a flesh and bone disciple, "'willing to be made something or nothing. You honor Jesus at every turn, proud to be on the same road home with you. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about allowing Jesus to be elevated to these words here, a flesh and bone disciple willing to be made something or nothing. You know, it's like, there's no ego in this. It's not like, you know, I forgive him. Now go and read my book. You know, it's like, you can choose to be, um, you can choose whether or not I serve Jesus is not up to you. Whether I serve you certainly is. So it's like, I am serving Jesus, but if you want to listen to me, that's great. If you don't, that's great. That's your choice. This is my journey. Um, so I, I just love that. Um, I think that's just so, so key. Max Licato says, God bless you, Beth. Very concise and to the point.
0: Um, he also wrote a whole blog post about this, Max Licato. Did he?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, on his website.
0: That. He wrote, um, he made these really interesting comments. I, I won't talk about the whole thing, but he, he made this one part. <laughs> like, he was basically just talking about how it's breaking his heart to see such harsh, harsh comments made against women in ministry. And then he made this comment that the bride of Christ is crying. And mm. I was like, whoa, that's a powerful wow. like word picture. And that's exactly what Max Licato would do. Yeah, it's so,
1: <laughs> such a Max Licato thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he basically, his whole thing was like to to all the women, all the women who want to preach and all the women who feel the call of Jesus, um, everybody who feels the call of Jesus to come and preach, here's what I say to you, welcome. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. That is so cool.
1: And I think it, I think it is important that, Figures like Max Lucado say that because, you know, he is a man in the evangelical Christian world with power, with influence, with authority, and his words hold weight. And obviously, we're not in that same camp of authority, and I'm really glad for that because that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it is important. As, as we said, you know, in our Women in Ministry episode, it is important if you are in a position of authority... And you're listening to this and you're on the fence, as I was, I was on the fence about speaking up about it. Because I thought, who am I to speak up about it? I'm not a woman. I don't understand what it's like. I feel so inadequate. I and you know, we were schooled by our our friend, who's a woman in ministry, saying, No, we need men who are in positions of power and authority to help shape and change the conversation in the church to be more open. If you are secretly a you know, women in ministry supporter and you're kind of on the fence about whether to speak up about it or not, speak up about it, you know, engage in the conversation because um, the more that we stay silent on this, the more this, this whole process is going to continue to drag out in toxicity and just sadness.
0: At the same time, we need to speak out in love and encouragement to one another and still respect somebody else's convictions. Um, because we're all on a journey, and I think we we constantly need to respect somebody else's journey with jesus yeah if if i think if somebody's doing something very unchrist like i don't know maybe maybe there is a bit of a need to call them out on it and remind them um but yeah, I don't know, I think there there just needs to be more more grace in how we talk to each other. And more love and respect for each other's each other's journey with Jesus. Yeah, but yeah, I still still think at the same time need to speak out. Yeah, it's it it's a hard,
1: I can, and I can see the tension in your brain, and I've got it in my brain as well. Like, yeah, let's treat each other with love and kindness and respect and grace. But yeah, if there's somebody who is speaking out in something that's really toxic and really unhelpful and really detrimental to the church you got to address it and so I think that's part of our struggle with this whole thing it's like do we want to speak out against something which is just going to draw more attention to somebody that we don't think is on the right path do we respect them do we give them the benefit of the doubt do we just say oh it was a bad moment they said something they didn't mean
0: did he mean it we don't know yeah <laughs> that's the hard like thing. I like to always try and see the best in someone it's hard to, you can only argue so much, yeah, for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, so anyway, I think I think this is this is probably a good place uh, to end this discussion because I I don't think there's much more that needs to be said. I just really appreciate Beth more throughout this whole thing as. Kay warren said and as you know max Licato said you know she's just been so graceful and in fact we didn't mention it but she actually tweeted further on i don't have the tweet in front of me but she basically said you know let's just move on let's not focus on this anymore let's just get back to you know doing kingdom work um focusing on jesus elevating him helping people to see um the beauty that's in in christ if you have the tweet there um feel free to read it out but she basically says at the end of it hey don't attack john macarthur don't tweet at him don't send angry letters just ignore it and let's just get back to doing kingdom work and i think really that's at the end of the day what we're all supposed to we're all supposed to do i think that's the most appropriate response to this whole thing
0: absolutely and i i like the i like her whole thing about you can choose if you let her serve you or not yeah I mean, she's going to serve the Lord in the capacity in which she believes she's meant to, and then, yeah, just anybody. And I, I, think we need to respect that around us too. If you, if if you're calling and you're following Jesus, and that's that's the best that we can ask, you know, that's that's the best thing you can do. How other people respond to that, how other people let you serve them, that's totally their choice, and we can never control how somebody else receives what what we give. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we can always control how we respond to what Christ calls us to do.
1: 100%. Yeah.
2: No.
0: 111%.
1: Oof. Oof. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, I think that'll do it for, for this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you were challenged. Um, we'd love to hear what you have to say around this, this idea. Um, we've kind of been on this little journey. Uh, the, the floodgates have been opened on women in ministry... New and different expressions of Christianity, power structures, the zeitgeist—it's all very hashtag deep. Um, and we've been enjoying it. We are—we are looking to uh, wind down for the for the year. We are getting closer to Christmas, um, so I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying a bit of a break. Um, oh, yeah. Just
0: hear those sleigh bells ringing, tick tick too. There, it's in the distance. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's already started. started.
1: It's already look. I I there are Christmas lights on a house in my in my street. It is the thirteenth of November, and this week, as the time of this recording, and there are there are Christmas lights out.
0: Epic, (laughs) epic, epic, epic. I want to do mine, but I'm going overseas, so it's not really wise to do it while I'm overseas. So I'll do it as soon as I come back. Uh, that's cool alright so uh, where can the people find us
1: if they want to know learn more about Burn the Haystack Josh
0: burnthehaystack.org <laughs> sorry that was horrible but yes that's that the is, place that's to go it. for all things Burn the Haystack uh, you can find links to our social media and all that jazz and uh, get in touch with us we love to hear from you you can send us Uh, email through our website it's got like a contact form or you can do it through social media whatever we just love to hear from you we love to hear from you about your thoughts on on the episodes and and everything it's great so please please message us in
1: fact we received an email the other day from a a viewer in I believe Australia saying how much they really enjoyed um, the podcast and how much it impacted them so Thank you so much for the encouragement. Um, there have been a number of people that have sent us feedback, um, good and bad, and we welcome all of it. So continue to send that through. We just want to improve and get better. And um, we also like the encouragement. The encouragement is nice because, you know, we're doing this thing, sending out into the void. Sometimes we don't know how it lands. So hearing from you guys is just great. And if you haven't, if you would also like to send us some more feedback, you can do it by subscribing. That gives us feedback that you you like the podcast and you'll find it in your uh, weekly feed every single week on a Wednesday morning, uh, New Zealand time. And I believe that's like Tuesday afternoon or something like that in America, I think. I don't know. It's something like that. don't know. Um and if you haven't already, please give us a rating or a review on the podcatching app of your choice. If you do not have a podcatching app that allows you to do that, just go to iTunes. We would appreciate that very much.
0: It's very helpful so people can find us and know that we are a legitimate podcast, which we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're a real podcast, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Try and prove we're not. I dare you. No, please don't. Uh, okay. Well, that's everything. We love you. Stay awesome. That is Josh and Jesse. Out! Out, out, out. That is Josh and Dizzy, out. Thor 2 didn't quite do it for me.